0: Black Equity listeners, I'm excited. We're here for another great episode. We find ourselves on episode 172. I want to take a step back, man. There's just so much going on in the world. I want us to uh, connect with our political plug. Before we do that, make sure you sign up to be a Black Equity Insider. Make sure that you're checking out all our previous episodes. Tell your friends about Black Equity Podcasts make sure you head over and check out all the other podcasts that we recommend over on our Instagram. And we're going to go ahead and get into this episode. Let me let me go ahead and and call my political connection right now. listeners, we are here for another great episode. Uh, With me today, I have Dominique, the political plug. How you doing, man? I'm
1: doing all right, man. Thanks for having
0: me. Welcome to Black Equity. I'm excited about this conversation. I've been following your IG for quite some time. I love the uh, midnight conversations uh, at 12 o'clock. It's really (laughs) dope. I love the branding of that, to be honest. I love that. Um, so what got you started in politics or, uh, being the political plug? Where did that begin?
1: Well, uh, so I started debating in, in, in high school okay. back in like, I want to say 20, uh, 2005, okay. um, my junior year of high school. Um, it, it, I always had an interest in politics, like going, going back to, uh, when, when Bush first got elected, um. Okay. I was in I, I remember being in middle school and my older sister made a joke. She was in high school, so you know when you're in middle school, people say stuff in high school, you think, you know, that's the truth, right? And uh <laughs>
0: that's so true.
1: Yeah, and my older sister, she said one of her friends made a joke and said that if Bush got elected, we all going back to the cotton fields. Wow. And yeah, that was that was like the first like the first political like black political joke I heard. Right. And even though my sisters, my sister and her friends, they all thought it was funny, I'm sitting back like I'm not trying to. You know, I ain't trying to go right. back to those. No, I ain't trying to be no slave. Right. So I started. I really got invested in the 2000 election, understanding like what why George Bush was problematic. Um, understanding why, you know, that's why I began to understand like the Democratic and Republican Party. Gotcha. But like growing up in the hood, though, you know, it's not a lot of people where you can have these conversations with. So. It was something that I paid attention to on my own, but I never really it was it, it, it wasn't in conversation amongst other people until my junior year in high school where I was. At, I joined a debate team just completely random, um, joined a debate team and actually started having these conversations uh, with other black people, other especially the the school that I went to. You know, it was it's in it's in the hood. So. The the fact that we had that there was a a debate team that was successful there at the time, um, that really got me more involved, more so. And that's when I I think when I got into commentary. So then I I, I get a scholarship, I I debate for the university, I debated for the University of Oklahoma for five years. uh, And when I got done debating, I mean, and I I had a successful career also, by the way. uh, (laughs) But when I got done debating, the things, the things that I loved about debate, mm-hmm. I, I, I tried to figure out how can I translate that into the next level? Like, what's okay. the next step? And so a lot of what we did in uh, on my debate team was incorporate like that Black understanding of life into these larger legislative and political conversations. Mm. And so I looked at debate as that's where I figured out how to uh, successfully make these arguments. And then... I just, out of nowhere, I was, I was thinking like, you know, how do you, how do, how do I connect black people to politics? And, you know, everybody has a plug, you know, you got your shoe plug, mm-hmm. your, you got your music plug, you got somebody that, you know, where you get your, where you get whatever from, you call that your plug. So I want it to, right. be, the, I want it to be the political plug. I want it to be where black people could go to hear political conversations that they feel comfortable with, that, that they, uh, that they connect with and the plug was born
0: dope. So do you have a specific uh, party that you ride with? Like, or is it, Hey, let me look at all sides and see what everybody has to say and kind of uh, be independent from having a political party myself.
1: Well, my approach to party politics is, mm-hmm. is more, so, is, is more so based in, be, me being black and so if okay. you check out my everybody checking out my Instagram you'll see that I have a I have a little series called I'm not a Democrat I'm black right and it's it the purpose of that is to break down why black people vote for Democrats that's why'm I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm a Democrat I have huge problem with Democrats um I also understand you know the fluidity of Democrats in terms of they used to be the racist party now they're not you know the I, and having that understanding, I learned that party politics aren't productive
0: for black people. Why like is why is that?
1: Because the we don't have enough representation in those parties for our concerns to be a part of those platforms.
0: Right.
1: So I mean uh, I mean the Democrats yeah they make they make that that but it's more so a part of their social narrative right like the same way uh I mean and of course they should be you know cutting for gays and and uh the lgbtq community. we're kind of grouped in that the democrats are the party of, of social issues not necessarily the party of black right. people or for black people oh so, um and so because we don't have the the representation to can to control the party's narrative we always end up just being lumped into something else right like so republicans say that you know black people just vote for democrats because they're just loyal to democrats right uh democrats they they assume that no we vote black people vote for us because you know we work hard for them and we understand them both of those both of those things are false (laughs) you know well neither one of those things are true so for me I feel like it's a question of, okay, we only have these two parties that have influence. So how do we become strategic? And that's why you will see me. uh, More in favor of certain Democratic policies and and Democratic candidates, um, just because when you look at the reality of of those two parties and the impact that they have on the black community, uh, you see that there's a stark difference, even though Democrats aren't our saviors. Like I I, I always got to. You know, positive with this, um, even though I feel like Democrats are not the, the, uh, the key to success for black people, when you look at, especially this, the past 25 years, uh, this is a study that I would encourage everybody go out to look at. It's called Racial Winners and Losers in Party Politics. If you Google it, the University of San Diego has a free PDF. You know, you can, uh, because I think it's, it's, it's from one of their professors, so you can get it for free. But it's called Racial Winners and Losers in American Party Politics. And it it breaks it down specifically about how when it comes to poverty, when it comes to uh, unemployment and when it comes to uh, especially when it comes to uh, black income, Democrats and Democratic policies have been more favorable, extremely more favorable than Republican policies and Republican candidates, especially when it comes to the presidency. And you can see it by the numbers when you take a look at that study.
0: Do you think, and I'm sure we'll piggyback uh, towards this conversation, do you think it's feasible to just have our own party to start a third party uh, for uh, our culture, our community? Um, I, I think yes and no. Okay.
1: Um, so, I think that we can like as black people, especially in particular communities, because I, I don't believe in like the black monolith. Right. Politics, politics start in your community and then it works its way up. Um like that 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 type of organizing, we can have parties organized in our in our communities, whether it be like on a county level, on a state level, city level, uh we we can't have those things, right? We don't need those things to be we don't need those party labels to be placed on tickets in order for us to be productive. Mm. So it's like our party that, that, uh, that organizes that fundraises, that campaigns for a a particular group of less like specifically black candidates. And then we can run those candidates as Democrats. Gotcha. Because the, the, there's more of an, we already black, right? (laughs) Right. It's it's more uphill battle to try to become a, not only be a, a a black candidate but also a third party candidate, right? right? Like you you kind of shooting yourself you 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 tying your you tying your legs together and then trying to run, right? In in that case, so I feel like we should try to take we should try to take advantage of the platform that's available, especially even though you know they're well intentioned these well intentioned Democrats, you know even though they don't know what they're doing even though they, they're problematic, take the platform. Got you. Take
0: the so a, hey, I take think the a back. lot of, I think a lot of the people that are running now, uh, I don't know how many candidates are running for the Democratic Party, but uh, uh, Hickenlooper.
1: Of, Hickenlooper just dropped out. So I think we are I think we down to like seventeen.
0: Okay. I yeah. Think I think lot, we down to seventeen. I think a lot of people are doing exactly what you're saying, like like a Marion Williamson, like you know she's not really. "Quote unquote," a Democrat, you know. I think she would be more of a, a independent, if anything, but yet, you know, she's seeing that as an opportunity to, you know, be with somebody, and it's definitely not going to be a Republican. So I see, I see the strategy in what you're saying. So it makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, same thing with Bernie Sanders. He yeah. was he his whole career he's been an independent, but he runs as a Democrat. It's like, I mean, we have there are certain. Uh, and it's the one thing that I stand for is like breaking through these stigmas that black people associate with politics. Um, and, and one of those things is associating with Democrats. Like it, it, it is what it is. That's the reality of our political uh, arena. Now there could be some, you know, wild event that switches that up, that changes our political system. And then we utilize that. But, um, uh, the the labels and what to call ourselves and all those other things. When, like when we get too caught up on that, we we lose sight of the strategy of you know how do we achieve what we're attempting to achieve with the means that we have to achieve them. What are, we can't we? Can't, oh, go ahead.
0: What are we trying to achieve? <laughs> I mean, I think that's let's start there. What are we trying to achieve at least here on Black Equity between you and I? What are some of the things that we're trying to achieve for our generation and for our people?
1: I think the number one thing that we should be focused on, uh, achieving is political representation. Okay. Um, uh, even like we don't even have to talk, cause I, I know the issue with, with most people when we talk about political representation is, uh, the government ain't got nothing to do with me. Politicians are only worried about X, Y, Z and those types of things, but that's only focused on a, um, that that national narrative that mm. our senator they don't mean anything they just say whatever the win, but when we talk politics and we talk representation we're not just talking about uh we're not just talking about your senator or the president we're talking about your school board we're talking about your your police chief your city council um the sheriff the district attorney these this is politics those people have to those people are elected right you have to uh you have to cast the ballot. You're involved in them getting that job, and so when we talk about polit- organizing on a on a um, on a local level, mm-hmm. there are there are over seventy seven thousand Americans that are li- African Americans that live in uh, uh, cities where there is only one or less than one uh, person of color on a on a city council. Mm. Right. I mean, and most Americans live in cities or most African-Americans live in cities where um, they they don't have representation in their own city, whether it's their school board or their city council. Uh, I mean, this in I forget the name of the study. It was done by a uh, organization uh, called Demos. Um, and they took a look at the numbers. And what it showed was that, you know, we, we live Every day, watching CNN, watching MSNBC, talking about Donald Trump, but you have a a Trump-like city council. Yeah. It's five of them. <laughs> right. right. And so, you know, when we get caught up in that Democrat versus Republican narrative, that national political narrative, then that's when we lose sight uh, of, and that's why when I say what what we're trying to achieve, we lose sight of what representation means as a whole. Gotcha. Uh, and, and And that starts with making sure that it's people that look like you that's making decisions about you.
0: If you love the Black Equity Podcast, make sure you head over to our Instagram at Black Equity Network. I want you to also check out some of my favorite podcasts right now, Pillow Top Podcast, Real Love 916, Hello Smart Mothers Podcast, and Better Than You Podcast. Make sure you check out those podcasts today. And also, if you had not had a chance, you can listen to the GOAT premium playlist where I break down who the GOAT of hip-hop is. And until that spot is taken, we'll be forever. Thank you. Back to the show. Yes, fam. So on a on a local level, what can people do uh to support uh well I guess before supporting uh I guess finding uh, the right political candidates for their local uh affiliations or, or local areas? Well, how do you find uh people to put into those positions or how do you become someone uh you know in those positions?
1: Well it's, it's an uphill battle because the numbers show that it typically takes an African-American already holding a particular seat mm-hmm. in order for other black people to feel like they can go, they, they can run in a particular area. And so it, it starts with encouraging people in the community to take that
0: next step. Gotcha.
1: You know, uh, and that's why I hate when, the it, it, there's an election that rolls around, and then all of a sudden there's this conversation about voting and how voting doesn't mean anything, how voting isn't important, and and for a long time I was a part of that crowd. Like I was, I definitely encouraged that narrative. And and to be frank, I I I didn't cast my first vote until I, the first time I voted. I said it was for Hillary Clinton. Okay. Well,
0: uh that was for or when against uh against Donald Trump. Okay. Okay.
1: Against Donald Trump, that was the first time I voted. Um, however, uh, my my stance my stance shifted the more. Like, it, I think it was, it was with age, right? Because you when you get information and when you start to learn things, like when you're young and you get all this information and you become disenchanted with government, like you think that the response is just to, to reject, right? I I can point out the bad stuff and I can point out the problem, and that makes me feel powerful. Right. But then as you get older and you, can, and, and, you know, you've been calling out and criticizing these powers and you either see things not changing or, or, or not getting better, you, you start to shift your way of thinking and, and say, it's like, OK, I've been saying this for years. Like, you know, if you look on my, my Facebook or, I mean, just hypothetically, you know, you go back on Facebook and say, you know, now that you can see memories, you see where, you know, I called out the police the same way I'm calling out the police now six years ago. Yeah. Right. So it's like, man, like, what is like, what's what's happening here? And for me, it, once I, I, I completed my formal education, I, once I graduated and finished the, the debate process and got invested more into understanding, like, what could be done. The, the thing to me was always it, it starts with representation. It starts with it starts with control. It, it's, and it's, it's really a question of power. Right. That's how I mean, the distribution of resources, all of that stems from how we vote. And so the idea that uh, the idea that we should just wait until there's an election and start criticizing the government and start criticizing the election process. But we're not advocating for the candidates that we want, supporting the candidates that look like us, looking for the candidates that look like us. Then I mean, you like what's what's really the purpose of this complaint? Mm. Of course, of course, you have you're dealing with you you're looking at these candidates and saying I don't like these candidates. Of course you don't. You didn't select them, right? But did you did you put forth the work to find somebody who would be the person that you would vote for? Do you have a black name or or or, or a name that you would be comfortable saying? Because and if you don't, then I mean the conversation is pointless. I feel like, you know, everybody should have an opinion, but at the same time, if you're you're invested, if you're saying that I don't vote because I don't like the candidates, you do understand that you can, there are more people out here, you know, that's fighting the fight that you're fighting, whatever fight that is, and, you know, they're looking for somebody like you to say, hey, I'm going to get behind you, right? Right. Like when you, when you don't have that understanding, then I mean it's really you know we live in the social media generation, mm-hmm. everything's shares and tweets and likes, and so there's a there's a narrative that we associate with that we cling to, but that narrative to me is debilitating. It gets in the way
0: because we're we're spotting the fl- the flaw in the system, but then that's it. We, we may not necessarily see uh, that. You know, we have the power to take advantage of that flaw, and be able to put somebody in position of where that flaw is, and fill that void of the wherever that issue is or wherever that problem is by backing a certain candidate or being that certain candidate.
1: Right. right. Yes. That's and and that's what I feel like is is key. But I also, um, especially, you know, we're we're a more woke people. You know, I don't know if you like that word or not. I know some people hate that word, but it it's it, it's applicable because we have more information. We have more access. Like the right. the internet, like right now we have more we have more access to information than any other people in history. Right. Any other people in history. So with that with with that being said, it's important that we utilize the information that we have access to and be productive with that information. Mm. Like, and, and it it and that's why there's no more where 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 are they you know you can find organizations that that support what you support quickly with a google search right you right? can you can find, find like minded people in in facebook groups and all these other things so we have the power and we have the ability to organize it's just we have to be in control of 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 organizing ourselves and when and when i say we i'm talking about black people right and I think one of the more interesting things that came out of the 2016 uh you know Russia involvement <laughs> yeah. was that they organized a Black Lives Matter protest mm-hmm. that people actually showed up to yeah they- right? like people are ready to get to work people are ready to get the action but nobody's like you know taking that fir- that 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 first step forward some Russians did it just to stir things up and people showed up so
0: they hijacked. They hijacked Black Twitter. Right. They. They. I think I talked about it a couple of episodes ago. It, they. Some report had came out, and I saw. I said, "Oh my goodness!" They literally hijacked the minds of Black Twitter by you know finding their pain points. Finding. Oh, that's what happened. That there was that that document documentary came out on Netflix uh, about uh, hacking. Uh, hacking the system, I can't remember the name of it right now uh, But it was talking About what they did in Brexit And then what they did on, on Black Twitter, uh, they didn't call it Black Twitter, they just said social media, but that's what It was right. um, Yeah, it, it, it's crazy to, to think that, you know, we can be Influenced that easily uh, By just saying, hey, everybody Show up and go do this, and everybody shows up And they go do that, and it wasn't even Organized by anyone within the culture
1: Right, right, and so it's like you know, if you if it's about being proactive.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, at,
1: at this point in time, you know, a lot of Black people feel like the, the um, you know the government is just inherently against us. There's no way that we can make anything work, right? But we wouldn't be where we were if that's true, right? Yeah, you know what I mean, and so while while I harp the importance of you know the political. Uh, the political aspect of, you know, fighting for the black community. It's really, that's just one lane. Gotcha. Everybody doesn't have to, everybody doesn't have to follow politics the way I follow politics or the way you would follow politics, right? Like they could utilize people like us that's giving them that information, right? Like people, people that's trustworthy. Just like they always say, a part of the reason why I do what I do, and I'm sure it it played a role into you uh, uh, starting what you have, is you look on TV and you don't see you. You don't right. hear you. Right? right. You don't feel you. I, I always encourage people to do this. When when you're trying to understand why black people don't pay attention to politics or pay attention to the news, turn it to MSNBC, turn it to CNN, turn it to Fox. Well, you, don't, you know why we don't watch Fox, but <laughs> turn it to CNN and turn it to MSNBC and then close your eyes. Mm. Just close your eyes and listen. Right. There's no, I mean, at times you have, you have the Angela rise and you know, the Don lemons. And, uh, it's a few, it's a few individuals that show up the April Ryan's of the world who, you know, sometimes sometimes they pop off, right? Sometimes they, they got something to say, but those, those moments always go viral because it's so out of the norm. Mm. The typical conversation, even when there is, cause there's a lot more black representation, in, in cable news nowadays, but the, the narratives that's typically being spoken about and the way that it sounds just sonically it just does it there's it, it doesn't feel or sound black. And so my job is to make is to give you that same information, but I want you to feel it how I'm feeling it. Like where you nodding your head like hell yeah like I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. You know what I mean? And so and so with people and, and so with this with these type of dialogues happening with people like us that's that's on these type of platforms, mm-hmm. giving out this type of information, there is no more, there's no more room for oh well I don't pay attention to politics because the news and the media, they just full of it. Well, you got brothers that's breaking it down for you. Right.
0: Well, let's break it down. Right, like, let's look at it. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at because what I'm looking at is uh the cultural equity of things. And I know you are looking at I'm the political plug. And so I feel like it's a really great. Way for two different brothers from two two different coasts because you're you're on the west coast, yes sir. So I'm on the east coast. So here we are, uh, two different worlds, but yet we can come together. So I'm seeing the this idea on CNN of four people that they're going to do a show with April Ryan, uh, Andrew Gilliam, uh, who am I missing? Angela Rye, and I can't think of the other brother from South Carolina at, at, at the top of my head. Um, Is it Mark Lamont? What was the name? Mark Lamont Hill? No, no, no. Not he's on BET doing Black Coffee, but uh, he's a part. I,
1: I don't pay no attention to BET, so I'm sure I I'm. I'm I, he got. He got something going on. But so
0: they're going to have an all black panel. Uh, they're they're proposing to do an all black panel on CNN. So I wanted to, to get your thoughts on that. How does, does something like that? Cause what you're saying is true. Usually we, we don't see us. We don't feel, uh, you know, involved in the process, but does a show like that, uh, where you put all four different black faces uh, out there, four different black voices out there, does that grab the attention of the people or, are those, uh, those individuals not necessarily progressive enough?
1: I mean, they may be progressive enough. I don't think their I don't think their approach is entrenched enough in the culture. Gotcha. And so, like a part of like I said, even when I came up with the name the political plug, it was because that's that's our that's our lingo, that's our vernacular. Right. I'm the plug. Right. I mean, Angela Rod has a reputation, and April Ryan. These women have reputations amongst you know more academic circles. Right more educated circles but there's a divide amongst even the academic blacks mm-hmm. and and more what you would just consider everyday everyday black people just street or even just street black people hood black people the right common, the like, common
0: man the common woman
1: right 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 i mean and, the, and you know that that looks different in a lot of different ways right. but there's still this there's this anti-establishment um sentiment that exist in that in that everyday in the everyday people. Right. That Angela Rye and April Ryan and Andrew Gillum, they still represent that. Like even with Andrew Gillum like a, part, a lot of people were surprised that he lost, but that's the problem with getting caught up in these uh in, in national narratives when we're talking about local elections. Andrew Gillum was was going through his own controversy at the time in which uh uh he was he was running for was it governor of Florida? Mm-hmm. He was running for go- right, right. He was he was running for governor of Florida um, because Rick Scott had went to the went to the Senate. Um, but at that time, you know, uh, most people in in, uh, in in Florida had were having an entire different conversation about Andrew Gillum, right? About you know him taking trips and you know even though he wasn't implicated in anything in terms of the FBI investigation. Like he was still, he was still schmoozing and and hobnobbing with the people that you know. He's saying that he's going to Washington, or or, or he's going to the going into government to to defeat. And so when you got somebody like you know, say, uh, you know, you, you I, I don't I don't put no labels on anybody mm-hmm. in particular, but um, when you have like the the, the regular like let's say street dude, okay. And you try to talk to him about Andrew Gillum, and he and, and he looks at Andrew Gillum, and he hears Andrew Gillum. I mean, he gonna be like, I mean, it's a it's a brother, but you know, I guess, right? Like, it's, <laughs> it's like the same thing with Cory Booker. It's like,
0: yeah, like, like he not really he's not really us. He don't, really Bruh, like
1: that. Yeah, like that. That uh, that Kool Aid line is cringeworthy.
0: Yeah, man. Like, I, you can tell he probably practiced that for hours, and it's still not right. coming out right. That's
1: it was right. Sad to hear. Right, but white, but the you know white people ate it up. Right, <laughs> like they was they was they cheering. Said
0: that night, they said, "Oh,
1: he won the debate." I'm like, "What?" Right, right. I mean, same thing with Kamala Harris. There's this. Yeah. What made Trump so powerful is he connected with his ba- like not even just his base. He connected with a particular group of America on a cultural level that 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 had up until this point been demonized right. right like that nationalist that i'm proud to be who i am i'm you know i, I i'm gonna play around with the language i'm gonna be coy because i have to but you know what i'm saying right like that type of that i mean just being frank that racism that exists that a lot of people he tapped into that that's a racism is cultural mm-hmm. it's, It it it's it's a part of it's a part of how, like people beliefs and how they understand the world. And he tapped into that racism like no other, especially in, in modern politics. And so that what, what, what we end up missing out on as much as we talk about how well spoken or how somebody looks the part, that cultural that cultural connection is much is much more important than looking the part. That's why everybody was so wrong about Donald Trump because everybody was like he doesn't look the part he's not presidential he doesn't you know he has he, he no other candidate has ever dealt with whatever whatever but he stuck to his guns he wasn't backtracking he was being what they, he was, they was calling him a counterpuncher right he was quote unquote taking up for himself he was he was defending his stances he wasn't backing down. And that's not what people, what most people would consider, good campaigning, right? You got to go with the, you got to go with the flow, you, or you got to go with what people, what will get you elected. What do the people want, right? And when it comes to like black politicians, we need that, to, especially in this day and age, we need that same cultural connection. We gotta yeah. feel it. We gotta
0: feel you. We don't feel you. And uh, so, now, who who's running right I, now that you would? Say, is even coming close to that. Is there anyone? We are just getting started. This is just part one of my conversation with my political connects. We're going to have part two tomorrow, right here, live on black equity. Make sure you come back. You do not want to miss the rest of this conversation. Black equity listeners, come back tomorrow. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you here tomorrow on Black Equity.